Tara. And I'm Austin. And we're a married couple. And we are here to lovingly snark on Hallmark's Countdown to Christmas for the 2021 season. And we are talking about a movie tonight that we are about to watch that I'm hoping is the DNA movie. Well, I mean, we know it's the DNA movie. We know it's movie the DNA movie, yeah. Of this season. We're <laughs> watching My Christmas Family Tree um, tonight. And I keep we, wanting to call it Yumi and the Christmas Trees, but it's we've not. We've already seen that movie. Yeah, so this is a movie about, well, I can read you the description. Are you going to read the description? I'm going to read it. All right. Austin's got it pulled up. So tell us what it's about. It's a really in-depth one. Are you ready? Is it like a single sentence? It's a single sentence. <laughs> Woohoo! A woman meets long lost relatives for the first time after discovering her family tree during the holidays. Right. So we're thinking this is a 23andMe sponsored flick <laughs> um, to try to get us all to go buy each other DNA tests for Christmas. Yep. And we have some predictions for this movie based on some of the previews we we've last seen. Year, yeah. The previews we've seen and things we saw in last year's DNA <laughs> movie, which was about Jewish people. Oh, that's right. I'm going to start us off prediction wise by saying that she grew up in foster care or a group home, which is why she doesn't have a family currently. She is missing a family and this she has to. Gain yep. a family because you can't have two families. Right. Because like there's no other reason that she would want to go spend the holidays mm-hmm. unless she didn't have a family. And I think with that, let's build on the Hallmark trope of being a foster kid. Mm-hmm. She's also going to be a social worker then. Right. Because like, that's, that's the only be her thing. Job. Yeah. That a foster kid, they would grow up, they would be a social worker so they can <laughs> help other foster kids. <laughs> um, I also said they, they did show a guy named Chris in the little preview. The guy was like, I'm going to have, they, they show her meeting her dad and he, or a guy that I assume is her dad, I guess. But he's like, Chris will come and pick you up. A family friend named Chris is driving to their house and she's going to go spend Christmas with them. So Chris will pick her up. He's going to be the love interest, of course, because Obby. her own family. While I would love for her to find out this is not actually her family and <laughs> that she falls in love with one of the people in the family, that's not going to happen. So Chris is the love interest, and he also does not have a family, which is why he has been taken into this family. He, for some reason, doesn't have his own family to go home to. Yeah, and I think they're going to make it abundantly clear he is not related to this family because no one wants... Hallmark incest movie. Nobody. Nobody's asked for that. They don't even want it to be no. It, like yeah. no, no part of it that she ever thought anybody was family and yeah. then gets with them. Yeah. So I think that there's going to be a mix up and it's going to be with the DNA results. So she's going to get like a call being like actually we were wrong. You're not related. Your real family's dead. Uh, but this family will adopt her or something. Yeah, because we know that they call her and say that there's something. Right. That's been the like cliffhanger preview. Right. That there's something wrong with the test results or whatever. And we think that it's that she does have another family, but that they're dead. Because it, <laughs> we're going to spend a lot of time with this family in this movie. So there has to be a reason we stay with this family. Right. That they're going to take her in yep. anyway. And then my last prediction is that there will be a scene where she's invited into a family photo. So that, that, cause that's going to be a symbolic moment of you are part of the family. Cause she's going to feel like she can't get in the photo and they're going to go, no, 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 your family now get in the picture. And 
in that family tradition thing, I think she's going to be the person who puts the Christmas tree topper on the Christmas tree. Right. She's going to get the ceremony. Like, oh, you missed out on all those years. <laughs> <laughs> we have not had a good record with our predictions lately. So nope. um, at this point, all I could really predict is that these things will probably not happen. Right. Let's let's find out how we're wrong. But let's see. We, we are going to pop these up on Twitter and then we're going to come back to you and see if we were right. And we're back. We are back. Um, interesting flick. Whoa. Definitely pick the right one to snark on because I, I don't know about you, but Austin, but I wrote down a lot of snarks this time. I mean, I, I, I'm really excited to talk about this one for a variety of reasons. Snarks being a big one. But just, I mean, let, let's tell people what happened. Then let's go through our predictions and then let's get to the sparks and snarks because this was a good one. Okay. So I will try to give a rundown of the plot of this movie. So in this movie, we have um, Amy Teagarden plays Vanessa Hall and Andrew Walker plays Chris. That's our love interest. And Vanessa, has she is a social worker and she works in an adoption agency and she loves Christmas, but she doesn't really have anybody to celebrate it with. You know, she's just sitting at home in her workout clothes, watching Christmas movies and doing her own thing. And she takes a DNA test and the DNA test tells her that she has a father, a, a paternal match, and it gives his name and she contacts him and he invites her to come spend Christmas with his family. So she takes a ride out with the family friend, Chris, who's going from the city into the house the weekend of, of Christmas. And she gets in the car with Chris, tells him kind of about her life story. He didn't know that she is the DNA daughter of this family, but he loves this family and he thinks that she she will too. So they arrive at the house. And at first, all of the father's children, his name is Richard. Um, and he's married to a woman named Pauline. And they have three children, Emily, Caitlin, and Aiden. And they do not take nicely to Vanessa at first. They're very skeptical. But Vanessa slowly wins over everyone in the family from each individual child as she spends time with them and gets to know them and helps them solve problems to also just falling in love with the parents as p the parents that she never had, learning about their Norwegian ancestry. And then at just the wrong moment, the DNA company calls her and tells her that in fact, her DNA results were switched with another Vanessa Hall. And she, this is not her family. That, dun, that there's, dun, yeah, dun. another Vanessa Hall is, is actually kin to these folks. So Vanessa is wrestling with that. She's feeling bad about it. She's loving her time with this family, but she knows it's not her family and that she really doesn't belong here. So she's thinking about it. And then right at the moment when she's really being invited into the family to be in the photo, she ruins the photo by saying, wait a minute, I'm actually not part of this family. And she exits stage left. Um, she had also been connecting with Chris, but she decides to leave all of that behind. She's going to go back to her jammies, to her workout clothes, and watch her Hallmark movies and um, forget the family that almost was. And just as she's doing that, the father realizes that, in fact, whatever the DNA company was saying must be wrong because he finds the picture of the woman who he slept with so many years ago. The woman looks just like Vanessa. In fact, it is Vanessa's mother, Patricia. And they realize that they they are, in fact, family. So they go to Vanessa's house. They carol outside of her window to show her that they want her to be part of the family. They reveal that 
They do the the woman that he was with is in fact Vanessa's mother. They are in fact family. And then they all go inside and she kisses Chris by the Christmas tree and they all live happily ever after. And she gets the photo of the family that she ruined as her gift from them and her Christmas <laughs> gift. Pan out, credits roll, movie's over. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent summary. Okay. So let's th- let's go through our predictions because we did a good job we- this time. Like it's like we wrote the movie, right? So she's <laughs> she's definitely coming from foster care. I thought it would be more like a group home situation. We'll get to that in our snarks. Um, but yeah, she was in a foster home. Her mother passed away. She never knew her father, and so she was put in the foster care system at age nine. Surprise, surprise! She was a social worker at the beginning. Yep, and she's helping a foster slash adoptive family. So like nailed that one. Chris is like family. He's he doesn't have a family of his own because his parents also died, right? Yep. That's what he said. So accident. So he and is, they made it abundantly clear. Like every time they talked about Chris, they were like the friend was always like, You sure he's not related to you? And they were like, No. no. <laughs> so they mm-hmm. definitely did that part it's of not it. Not flowers in the attic. <laughs> we're all good. Um she did get invited into the family photo. She that sure was did. the scene, the pivotal scene when she decided to tell them that she doesn't think she's related to them, that the DNA test was wrong. So and they are like, you know, come into the photo. You're invited to be in it. We also did get the phone call from the DNA DNA company saying, We've made a mistake. However, I'm not gonna give us a full point for that one because Well, we knew that the company they showed that in the preview that the company calls to say they've made a mistake. Oh, well then we get zero points. Right. The part we got wrong is the second half of that. That's right. Which is that it's not really a prediction when you've been told that, I guess. Right. <laughs> we started with that, but it was the reason why they would be wrong, which is that the dad or that the the bio family is dead. Dead, right. <laughs> right. No, it just happened to be that there was another Vanessa Hall and they switched their Which things. is weird. And we will get to we'll, that. We'll get to that. Christmas tree topper. Yeah, unfortunately, good. we missed that one as well because it was the littlest girl that got to put right. it And on that there. was the one where we were like, oh, drat. We, we almost <laughs> almost kind of cleaned up on that one and then we didn't. Yeah. But I don't know about you. I'm, dear listeners, <laughs> we are feeling like maybe our time with predictions is, is coming, coming to, to an, an end. end. Yeah. Because either it's, in rare cases like this, we we get them right. But for the most part, um, Hallmark's been switching it up a little bit lately, which is a good right. thing. So we've not been, and maybe we're getting too specific in our predictions, but maybe. we've been real wrong. We've been real wrong. <laughs> and maybe it's just we're hoping for different movies than we're getting. I don't know. But if you really like this segment, let us know. We'll keep it in for you. But otherwise, this might be our last one. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know that it has a place for us anymore. We well, evolve, we grow. But we want to know. Pondering. Yeah. It's also because like we feel like we're recycling the same predictions. And so it's getting harder and harder Gazebo. To, to come up Gazebo. with Gazebo. Right. And some <laughs> of it's funny. And we, we still will nod to like what we think the movie's going to be. Yeah. We're just not going to wrap it up neatly in like specific predictions, I think. Right. So I think we've been playing that. with that for a while. But for this one, maybe we're going out on a high note that we got so many of these correct. Yeah. I mean, we got more than half correct. So we, that's a win. We do know what we're doing. All right, so let's talk about our sparks. All right, I have some pretty decent sparks for this one. Are you ready? <laughs> I have two. <laughs> I said decent. I didn't say amazing, right? So I would say that the thing, the opening of this movie, mm-hmm. it was a Christmas song I have never heard before. 
like with a Heidi, who and a hey and a ho and a ho ho. I've never heard that uh, yeah, song. Yeah, it was it was a very different start to a Hallmark. Movie. It was a very different start. It was very jaunty. Is it supposed to be Norwegian-y sounding? Was that? I it? don't know. Like I, I don't know what Norwegian Christmas songs sound like. Frozen <laughs> <laughs> did not sound like Frozen. <laughs> Frozen's on repeat in this house. I can't believe. <laughs> I don't know. So I really liked the opening, like the fact that it was an unrecognizable song, Mm -hmm. but it was like a fun little jaunty start. That's a spark for me. A spark for me was that nobody in this movie could sing. There are many scenes where they're caroling and they're singing. And I was so pleased that one, they didn't have to do some dubbed over voice because the actual actor or actress couldn't sing, but also how normal it would be for people like the average person to sing. Like they weren't like terrible singers per se. But it's like it's what normal mm-hmm. people would sound like when they sing. And that added an element of realism that I appreciated. I don't need everybody to sound like they've been classically trained as a singer when they're just singing carols around their house. <laughs> um, other little baby sparks for me. The inflatable Santa. The giant one? The gi- it's I tr- was convinced it was a CGI. <laughs> I was like, that can't be that and big. And I was like, Tara, no, they legit make 20 foot tall inflatables and then i quoted you the price because maybe I, i've looked at them for our own house yes at some and point. what's the price uh it's in the 300s depending yeah, on yeah now <laughs> i didn't i didn't order it yeah so austin <laughs> dear listeners loves a good inflatable we actually have a lot of halloween inflatables we don't have that many christmas ones but they're they're coming they're literally they're they're in they're in the, in the mail. mail um so we are gonna venture into the world of christmas inflatables because we year. have kids now but i do partially because of the trees in our yard but partially just because of my own dignity i do draw the line at 20 foot santas <laughs> that are bigger than our house and dear listeners i need you to know this is also the woman who said I want a snow globe inflatable. I do want a snow globe. I want one. And Austin's like, really? I want one of those snow globe ones that actually like blows the snow around in it and like lights up. So he's going to give me one. <laughs> I don't think it blows snow, but it does light up. It doesn't blow the snow? No. You've... Well, then send it back. <laughs> I want one I'm sorry, dear listeners, snow. for this fight we're having about a snow globe inflatable. No, he was so excited that I was I like, can't you believe really? it. You want an inflatable? You want that? And he's like, do you want it for realsies? <laughs> it's like a little bit ironically or like 90% ironically. But if I'm going to get an ironic tacky inflatable, this is what I want it to it's be. It's going to be amazing. I, okay, let me talk about a couple aesthetic things that I liked. Mm-hmm. One, the apartment that Vanessa lives in. It's Again, beautiful. beautiful, warm, not over like everything. Probably expensive. I, not enough money is being made by her to live there, but it's Hallmark World. I don't so. know what social worker can afford that apartment. But. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, most most salaries in Hallmark movies are like friends where you just don't ask about it. It just exists, right? Um. But I really loved just the warmth and even the the family's uh, uh, house. While there was some tacky decor, for <laughs> sure, it wasn't whitewashed, like so blown out and oversaturated. So I really just appreciated the warmth that was in it. Also, we always talk about like, oh, like, or not we always, but everyone always talks about, oh, I love this coat on the female lead or look at that sparkle donut on her head. I was in love with the dad's flannel shirt that opened up this movie. He has this like 
it's not a true buffalo plaid, but every time it was just like, I want this shirt. Where do I get it? Yeah, we don't find ourselves admiring the men's clothes very often. <laughs> so that is a point for Hallmark, I think, on that one. Yeah. So thank you for making me fall in love with plaid. <laughs> and then I have one big spark. All right. What is your big spark? Not knowing how the movie was going to end. For the first time, I would say just like, how are they going to... What what's gonna how? <laughs> right, because Terry, you did a great job explaining what happens in this movie, but dear listener, if you're watching this movie, you do not know how like when you get a phone call from a DNA company saying you are not a match, how is it going to we end? We were trying to figure out what possible twist they could throw in here. Like and I and we will get to some of this in the snarks <laughs> as well, because now knowing how it ends, that gives us we're a little more like, ah, Hallmark, you tricky trickster. But, you know, we we genuinely were like, we were anxious. What, we were like, how is this going to work out? The, we knew it would. But how? Right. Because every it's it, yeah, it was like if it was a normal movie, there's a lot of more different potential ways it could have ended. But I'm like, Hallmark has to end this in a very specific way in mm -hmm. order for it to be a Hallmark movie. They have a very specific tone they go for, a very specific positive, happy ending that has to be there. And I couldn't quite figure out how they were going to get there. When we get to Smarks, we snarks. <laughs> Smarks. <laughs> when we get to Snarks, we can talk a little bit about yeah how they have to break their break some rules yeah to get there but it was it's like why i think people like watch scary movies or go to a haunted house it's that thrill of being like i don't know what to expect and to have that happen in a hallmark movie we was were truly thrilling. on the edge of our seats well and people were like we were, worried we, we scooted forward a little bit i mean yeah i was comfortably <laughs> in the corner of our sofa but i was anxious there yeah well, and I, I, and I couldn't way. offer a prediction and go, oh, this is exactly yeah. how this is going to end. I did have one final spark, and that is I stand a secure relationship between two consenting adults and the dad and the mom in this movie had a very secure relationship. So the dad, um, Richard, has this daughter that he didn't know about. And the the wife, Pauline, is super supportive of You're that. Right. She that never, was awesome. She never is like, oh, my gosh, you slept with this other woman before you met me. She welcomed Vanessa into the family with open arms, wasn't weird about it, didn't get territorial. The yeah. kids were territorial, but not the mom. She was ready. And thinking about healthy conflict, I'm going to also throw this in as a spark. So... When Vanessa decides to reveal that she has known for a little bit of time that this is not her bio family as the DNA place told her it was, the conflict between her and Chris could have been Chris being really angry with her for lying, which is like a classic, mm -hmm. really false conflict that why breaks up. Why didn't you tell me about this? Right. And it it was more of like, why didn't you tell me sooner? But we've accepted you. You don't have to go. Like, it was like a real conflict. And I appreciated that. Mm -hmm. So, well done on the conflict scale for this movie. But that doesn't mean we don't still have some snarks. I'm going to start off with a very simple but omnipresent snark for this film, which is nobody understanding the various nicknames for Patricia. <laughs> So, I was one of those people. <laughs> and and I yes, yeah, so this goes beyond the characters in the movie to all of our Twitter friends and us included. So Patricia is the mother's name. 
the man, Richard, knows her as Trish. Vanessa knows her mother as Patty. And everybody on Twitter was really confused about how Trish and Patty could be the same person because that might hint to that this is not actually the correct Mm -hmm. family for Vanessa. I immediately was like, because her name is Patricia. Trish is short for Patricia. Patty is short for Patricia. They're just different variations of Patricia. And by the end of the movie, the characters got there to like, some people call her Trish and some people call her Patty and they're different names of the same name, but it took everybody a while to get there. Well, building off of that, I mean, one, again, I was dumb. <laughs> I and, know. And, and, I love and it wasn't until you said it that I was like, oh, and then I could be in on it. <laughs> but our characters in the movie weren't in on it. But what was so weird was so Richard meets his daughter, Vanessa, for the first time. And she's saying, uh, he was saying like, oh, uh, yeah, Trish. And she's like, no, you mean Patty. And he doesn't stop and say, well, wait a second. What do you mean, Patty? I knew a woman named Trish. He just goes with it. Mm -hmm. And then later it clicks that they could be the same person. It's like, why not ask some questions to this brand right. new stranger we've got different <laughs> names for a person but we're just not going to question we're just not that gonna question it so it's like that's plot hole number one mm-hmm. of several big ones that come up in this movie i uh, also ahead. would like to snark on the anti-gift card bias of this movie <laughs> so there seems to be some you know we got to get people like a gifty gift or whatever um related to that though there is a moment when the dude, what's his name? And um, what's his name? I don't know what dude you're talking about. The, the love interest. Chris. Chris, when <laughs> I've said his name several times. Uh, when Chris and Vanessa are walking, she's doing some Christmas shopping for the family. And he's like, she's talking about what she's going to get them or what he, he can get for them. And the one daughter is really into photography. So she's like, Oh, you could, she's really into photography. So you could get her a gift card to a camera store. And Chris is like, wow, you're really good at this. And I'm like, that is not actually that impressively good to like take something somebody likes and say, get them a (laughs) gift card to the store that sells that thing. Like that's pretty gift giving one Oh one. So either he's like a complete idiot or he's doing that dude thing of just trying to, wow really make her feel smart your ideas <laughs> you are so pants. good <laughs> um <laughs> i mean it could be that one um well i'm gonna i'm gonna start off with some of my smaller snarks and then i'm gonna move into some bigger ones so some small snarks uh one was the dubbing of the little girl at the pageant <laughs> the singing the singing yeah it was pretty bad it was one of the worst dubs of all time and as Tara said, it was very real how people could not sing. The dubbing, it was also just bad singing. So not only did they dub it, it was bad. <laughs> they dub. did all that work to dub in bad singing. Yes. Well, I have one about the angel wings, if we're thinking about that same pageant. Let's so do it. there's a scene where, you know, of course, um, Vanessa is helping everybody out in all these magical ways. The dad is getting the little girl ready for the pageant. She's got to wear these angel wings. He cannot figure out how to get them on her. <laughs> and Vanessa saves the day because she's like, you put them on like a backpack. Like they're pretty basic angel wings. But my Any party real- city costume would have this. Right. They just have the two little straps. You put it on like a backpack. So that's, that's a mini snark number one. But the real snark comes on why are we putting these wings on before she gets in the car 
Anybody who's ever worn angel wings (laughs) (laughs) knows. Um, I'm sure that they got right out to that car and they had to take the stupid wings off because you can't get in the car. It's like putting a jacket on a toddler to go outside when it's cold and then you have to immediately take it off when they get in the car. Why are we putting them on? We need to just carry them in our hands to the venue and then put them on when we get out of the car. But I don't know. Maybe that's why I'm amazing (laughs) and I am just prepared for everything. (laughs) (laughs) And I would not have had that problem. Thank you, Dr. Gold. (laughs) It's like dads, right? Putting the wings on before they get in the car. Oh, dads. Let's talk about dads and moms in this for a second here because... (laughs) Oh, wait a segue. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, The mom in this movie is so absent. And I mean, it's a plot device because they're trying to show this bond of what it's like to have a family that she's never had for some reason that we'll we'll talk about in just a minute. Um, But it was like... The little girl was like, I'm scared to sing. Vanessa's there to reassure her that her voice mm-hmm. matters. I want my hair brushed. Vanessa's there with a hairbrush. I can't put the Christmas tree on. Like she mm-hmm. did all of the things that like the mom should be doing. And that girl had like a full Christmas tree in her bedroom. <laughs> she did. So I just, I was like, why is Vanessa... Like, I guess it's kind of like, because Where's it's not mom? her bio mom for some reason. The bio mom had, the, this mom had to be absent so Vanessa could take on the mom role. Mm-hmm. But it didn't, It it's like, I don't understand. It just didn't, it didn't work for me. And I didn't understand why the mom was so absent. Yeah. So I'm sure we have other snarks, Tara, but I think we've got to, we just got to go for it here. There's, there's two big snarks that we have to address in this movie. Number one is the foster care trope that needs to be addressed for Hallmark. Right. You can't have it all the ways, Hallmark. And this movie poops all over foster families. In in a way that says like, here's my poop. Don't you love it? Mm -hmm. (laughs) As Hallmark does. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we've seen Hallmark loves the foster kid, mm-hmm. loves the foster family. But then in order to have a movie like this work, Vanessa has to have no, you can only have one family, right? So either we are completely leaving out anything positive about the family she grew up in, or we are kind of alluding to that it wasn't a great situation. Right. And l- let me rewind a little bit all the way to the beginning. Mm-hmm. She's a social worker who works at a foster slash adoption agency. And the beginning of the movie is like her on a phone call being like, let's get that girl, uh, her family for Christmas, which Which is is a trope that needs to die. (laughs) Like that, like one of the things that they talk about with us is like, stop assuming that that's like the best gift you could give to a child, especially one in foster care. Like Uh that's a traumatic thing for kids in foster care. And as a foster kid i would assume she would know that number two immediately following that we have a family walk-in who then is like she's like what's the what's wrong she's like what's wrong is we don't know how to thank you for helping our family and then they sing her carols to say thank you mm-hmm. what is this weird so we're showing that foster families are the best families flash forward vanessa has yeah. was in foster care for nine years with a family her mother died when she was nine and then she was in foster care after that and then she i guess left at 18 or Mm -hmm. 21 or whatever she's staying with this foster family they clearly have no communication whatsoever because she has no she pretends like she's never had a family christmas tradition ever so did this was this family not celebrating christmas was this family uh anti being like a fun kid did she never go to do a gingerbread house anywhere in her life 
Did she never have a stocking for her own self? She talks about that all of the things that her mom left her and photos were ruined in the basement of her foster family. So she didn't even have her own photos like in her bedroom. They were locked in a basement somewhere, which is strange. Because I'm just thinking from our foster kids, they have their photos of their families upstairs in their rooms, by their beds, you know, especially at nine years old. I mean, we've had foster kids that were 11, Mm -hmm. which is not that far from nine. And they... They had their stuff upstairs. They right, did we, not every single picture of their parents locked away in the basement. Right. So it's kind of like I didn't understand what is this like horrible foster care situation she was in. Like story wise, they should have gone with group home because that would have made sense that you don't have a family to come back to, mm-hmm. that you don't necessarily have traditions, that maybe your stuff got lost. But you were staying with a family for nine years and you're telling me that you don't even get like a like. A and Christmas she, card for Yeah, it, it, it's one of two things are happening here, which is that she either had, you know, this family, this foster family had her for nine years, which is also kind of strange that a foster family would have a kid for nine years up until they're 18 and not adopt them. But not all foster homes adopt their mm-hmm. kids. But that is a long time mm-hmm. to have a kid. Um, and at least if, even if there wasn't a formal adoption, would there not be some sort of connection right. between them where that's a family that she could go home to or had happy times with so either she's like got this whole other family and so her whole bit about not having a family is not necessarily true mm-hmm. or this was a bad family situation like right. she was not in it which is absolutely i mean the which reality does happen of, but i i don't like that hallmark you know with all their happy fuzzy stuff is choosing to kind of allude to that might have been the situation right. i feel her. like it was more of a plot oversight because than an intentional message right because in order in order to feel that complete desperation to be taken into this family there has to be like no pre-existing family of yeah. any kind and so i don't know it just felt like what's up with her past and exactly yeah why um all right big snark number two Okay, hold up. I want to do big snark number two because okay. I have a lot to say about this and we can totally break this down. So let's do it. My This all falls under the category of the DNA company giving the wrong information and how the whole plot goes down of why they think that she is not actually mm-hmm. the daughter of this family. Um, and my point that I want to point out is that if it is true that the DNA, so the DNA company calls her. She never actually talks to them. She just like avoids their phone calls or gets phone calls from them for a while. And like that was an annoying thing. Right. And I needed her to have more actual confirmation of these things before she kind of goes off and says, this isn't my family. But they do leave a voicemail that says that they switched her with another Vanessa Hall. To that, I say, you would have to have, so you are not in fact the Vanessa Hall that is related to this family. But that means that that Vanessa Hall also has a mother named Patricia. Mm-hmm. And you have a mother named Patricia. Because th- this family all knows this woman named Patricia that would be the mother this guy had of the thing this for Patty's and girl. Trisha's. Right. And then there's another Vanessa Hall with a different mom. Like the part with the mother named Patricia mm-hmm. was not related to the DNA test part at all. And so you're really saying that there's two Vanessa Halls out there whose DNA happened to be switched by the DNA company and who both had mothers named Patricia. I call shenanigans. Shenanigans. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I want to go back to the fact that like she never actually talks to the DNA company, right? So they tell her, hey, we need to get in contact with you urgently. 
She then tries to call them and it's like, I'm sorry, we're closed. They then like there's this game of phone tag and no one's saying, here's my direct line. This is an emergency. We need to tell you that your father's not your father. Like, right. Oh, <laughs> and this this Vanessa Hall is also 50 percent Norwegian because right. this family is 50 percent. Right. Now, obviously, all of this is because she actually is the daughter. But yeah, talk to somebody with the DNA company, find out why they think these results have been switched who, what are the actual results? Like talk to a real person because the big daddy mama of this snark is nobody ever tells us what actually happened with the DNA company. They just figure it out on their own. Right. That, that they, that we it actually no wasn't real resolution. So we don't know why the DNA company thought this, why they is called there her actually, to this. Like were that they twins? Wrong information. And it's Are the they sequ- switched at birth? And like, <gasps> she also is Vanessa Hall. Like, I mean, Whoa. like it could be like That's a cool a mystery. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you should write that into the sequel to the movie, mm-hmm. Austin. Okay. And so <laughs> love it. Um, so yeah, we're not getting the information from the source. So clearly, like I said at the beginning of this, I thought this was going to be an advertisement for 23andMe. This is definitely <laughs> not an advertisement not for 23andMe. Do not get your DNA test from this company. They don't know what they're doing. And yeah, it would be a waste of money. And real quick, I also feel like, so she does a DNA test. He's done one because he was just trying to like see family family lineage. I've never done one that's also like a family tree. I've only done one, like, they're usually like, what is it, Ancestry.com and then also 23andMe. I didn't know that there was a merged database. And they immediately give full name, city, and state for her match it seems like there needs to be a consent form of hey you have a match would you like to identify yourself to them right because that's dramatic Mm -hmm. dramatic and we don't know what kind of company this uh, is or what goes on behind the scenes but some of it seems more convenient for plot points than feeling realistic in any way shape or form and so that's when my little like spidey senses start (laughs) tingling and i'm like there's something wrong here so let's talk about what else is wrong here (laughs) Speaking okay. of. So, th- and this ties into the, the Patricia plot line, mm-hmm. okay? So, because the story is not going to tell us why the DNA company thinks they've made a mistake, and that never gets resolved, and it's the worst unresolved plot point I've seen in a movie in a very Which long time. Which is then why we didn't know how this was going to end, because we never actually got an explanation <laughs> that really wrapped The it ending all up. is we just ignore it. Right. <laughs> so, we the way that this thing in there and then just. <laughs> didn't follow it through and whatever so our characters don't understand that the name patricia can also have the nickname of patty or trish he's like i've been trying to find this photo of your mom suddenly remembers it's in this box finds it she's identical to her mother it's not even just that they look alike i mean the hair is different but that is it Mm -hmm. it is signed Patricia, I'm sure it says like, I love you, Richard. You like, thank you so much for all that time we spent together. But he tells the story that the reason that he lost touch with her is like, it was a whirlwind romance. They get together. She, he doesn't know that she's pregnant when he comes back from two years after his tour in Iraq or something deployed someplace. Mm -hmm. He can't find her. He looks everywhere for her. So here's a man who has a photo of her that he's kept all these years. 
looked for her after two years. So he knows what she looks like. And then sees her identical daughter and isn't going, man, you look familiar ever. (laughs) (laughs) It's really, it's not until the photos revealed. And like, that's nonsense. Right. And I can see how that wouldn't matter in the first part of the movie when you're like, okay, he, he doesn't even have to say he recognizes her because it's like, it's his daughter. Like, right. he doesn't have to say that thought out loud. He'd be like, oh, yeah, you do look just like the woman that I slept with 30 years ago. Where that plot point matters is when he is then told that she is not the daughter and he doesn't go, but you have to be. You look just like her. Right. Like it should have been like, man, you really do look like what I remember. Like there needed to be some nods to it. He was just so, like, oh, I guess you're not my daughter then. I guess that's not <laughs> you. That's not the person. Yeah. So with that, I have three baby snarks to kind of take out my segments of this. The first is related to that. So when the father is telling the story of how he met the mother, he's talking about a gust of wind, blows them into each other or something. And then he kind of explains how that then, you know, the actions of that. But he says, and thanks to that gust of wind, you're here today. And I said, that's like Hallmark (laughs) sex app right there. Like, oh, you came from a stork, (laughs) a gust of wind. And I then got (laughs) pregnant. And that's where my baby came from. Well, because like the kids, which they did not prep for, by the way, like Vanessa comes, the kids have clearly been told nothing about Why would you not warn your children about this? They are processing in real time as they show. This is your sister. I'm sorry. What? I met someone many years ago before your mom and then she was born and that was also like a sex education lesson right it's like and a they- special hug <laughs> we had a special hug a gust of wind and a baby was born i mean that is that is hallmark sex so that that works That's but, the- yeah. <laughs> so i was just like i can't believe you've just inflicted such trauma on your own kids mm-hmm. Uh, my second baby snark is, and this is in a lot of them, but when she leaves at the end, she's going home. Um, she has her little tiny roller bag suitcase, and that's all she's leaving the house with. And as always, based on the number of coats <laughs> and shoes and outfit changes alone, there is no way that she fit it all into that tiny little suitcase. So Hallmark, I need you to lean in to the way that these women are dressing we need to show them being the high maintenance women that they are multiple rolling bags. out of there with multiple large bags, needing the whole family to help carry bags. They out need to like the one car. of those like little hotel dollies. Right. That That is what the level that you would have to be at to dress and maintain yourself in the way that these women do, or that they would just be coat repeaters because it's a freaking coat. It doesn't really matter. My final snark is I just wrote down effing mansions. Because this house is huge. The rooms inside of it are definitely bigger than even the outside of the house looks like it could hold on to with three kids, each getting their own bedroom. And then she's got a room with double, a guest room with double doors leading into the guest room. Not only double doors, but the tackiest like car bows. Giant bows on the door. Oh, yeah. Giant guest room. And I just get so mad. It's a snark because I get so mad at how rich the people must be in these stupid movies. And it's so much house. <laughs> it <laughs> so is just effing mansions is my <laughs> snark. I'm going to close this out with two final baby snarks. Maybe three. Baby snark number one. 
at the beginning, she's leaving the foster care agency, walking the streets, and there's like a saxophone. And I was like, ooh, yeah. And then we pan to the saxophone player. It is the least effort given to fake playing a saxophone <laughs> I've ever seen. Like a, like a like it was just like kind of like resting, like sort of like, huh, and just moving it, not mm-hmm. even like moving their fingers. I don't know. It was terrible. <laughs> I love the saxophone, but I did not like the effort yeah. given by the saxophone player. The second baby snark I have. Vanessa has a dog named Mickey. When she goes to the family's house, the son, her brother, I guess, is like, oh, a dog. And she's like, be careful with him. He's tricky. We're like, how? Number one, who calls an animal like he's tricky? Like, what does that mean? Like, he's got like a trick leg. (laughs) Like, his like he sneaks things like he juggles. Like, what does tricky mean? (laughs) And then never once do you ever see this dog be high maintenance or disruptive in any way shape or yeah, form why do we why is that line in the movie what does tricky mean so I'm, i just called him tricky mickey for the rest tricky of the movie mickey. <laughs> um but i was disappointed that mickey wasn't actually tricky so let's do title review all right title review the official title for this movie is my Cri- my christmas family tree yep what do you think of that title austin it's really hard to remember the sequence of words for this one it makes complete sense, but I, again, like you, me, and the Christmas trees is what I want to call it. My family Christmas tree is what I want to call it, but the, the, the sequence is just really hard to retain. 23 Christmas trees in me. <laughs> <laughs> my That's Norwegian my Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I got nothing. I got nothing. I'm, I got nothing. I'll, I'll, I'll stick with yours then. Okay. Yeah. This one would be hard to give an alternate title to simply because... You know, you're dealing with just a lot of generic Christmas themes and, yeah. you know, DNA doesn't make for a good Christmas movie title. My Christmas DNA debacle. Yeah. <laughs> not not a Hallmark title. <laughs> My DNA debacle DNA, Christmas. 23 and <laughs> Me caper. <laughs> Heartbreak for the holidays. Heartbreak. <laughs> I don't know. Um, you could have like mistake or mishap or misunderstanding oh, yeah. or something. Mistletoe in there, but, mistake. Yeah, but you don't want to be like, thinking about kissing mm-hmm. and family again. Yeah, You're right. Again, so avoid that. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know that you could. The title sucks, but I don't know that you could have a better title for yeah. this. All if right, anybody has it. a better one, let us know. Hmm. Will this love last? Yes. I say no. Oh, I want to hear your no. I think they, you know, this the whole family. I'm not even just talking about the love that she has for Chris. Ooh. I'm talking about the love for the whole family because this family fell in love with her way too quickly. Everything's too rosy. She lives in the city. They live out there. She hasn't actually grown up with them. So I think everybody's under that Christmas spell of the newness of it. They don't really know each other that well. And I think it will wear off over time for everybody to just be like, yes, she's their daughter. But she's always going to feel like the kind of outsider. All right. New title, Midsummer Christmas. And it's <laughs> going to be like that horror movie, Midsummer, where Midsummer is this like terrifying horror movie. Maybe that's what this family is. It's like, it seems like it's all good. But the longer she stays, the worse it gets. It could be like Get Out, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Except for they're all white because they're skid today. Be it. Thank God Hallmark gave us that representation this Christmas. <laughs> Um, yeah, for me, yeah, the love won't last. You said you think it will. Do you have reasons? I, I think it will because like she seems like a sad human who will just cling to whoever 
says that they love her Mm -hmm. um and he doesn't know any better and like he doesn't have any family and now they have to go to this family like this is her dad Mm -hmm. this is the family that's like taking him in so if they don't work they're still gonna have to be around each other around each other so they're gonna like they're gonna be a miserable couple but they will stay together out of necessity well and that and i could have brought this up in my snarks but i felt like this was in general like a humorless movie with she's just kind of a sad sack of a person so <laughs> i think that he's and yeah she's frowning she's like hunched over she's like making faces and so he's gonna get real <laughs> tired that's of that just her face i think that is just her face no no offense to the actress we we really try not to comment on i think it's like the appearance, styling honestly appearance that they can't change but i feel like she can change how often she looks like a grumple lump <laughs> And she felt very grumpy. Grumpy lump of Christmas. <laughs> grumpy lump of Christmas. Um, Twenty three grumpy lump of Christmas. <laughs> Here comes baby. <laughs> Bells are ringing. Grumpy lump of lump. So yeah, I, I don't think it's gonna last, but maybe it's for the same reasons that you think that it will. Maybe, maybe. I didn't say it would be a happy relationship. I just think it'll last. They're both just sad for each other. Yep, yeah, exactly. Oh. <laughs> um. All right, what day of the year would you watch this movie, Tara? I would watch this movie on November 20th. Just because? Well, it depends on where that falls in a given year. I don't have my calendar up, but, you know, that would be like, I think it feels like a Monday before Thanksgiving movie. Back when, back in the day when Hallmark was doing the Mm -hmm. Thanksgiving week where they did a movie Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday of Thanksgiving week. I think this would be a... Monday night of Thanksgiving week movie. I would, I was going to say that this, because of the family component in this one and how it's so central to the plot, this feels like a Thanksgiving week movie, but on a day that you are kind of packing to leave or cleaning your house for company to come. It's not the one that you all sit down as a family and watch. It's, it's the Monday, Tuesday. Yeah, days. so the, the Monday this year was the 22nd, so I was a couple of days off, but it would change depending on the year. But yeah, <laughs> it's a kind of forgettable time yeah. slot. So, all right. Well, I think that is our thorough analysis of a weird movie. It was definitely, we made the right choice. This was mm-hmm. the most snarkable movie of the weekend. Um, one that we did not fall asleep in the middle of. Correct. So as we did with last night's movie. So. And aside from the massive plot holes, it was okay. You know, we're going to, we're going to roll with it. So I'm going to give it two and a half sparks. Yeah. And three and a half snarks. I would give it four snarks. I have a lot of snark here because of the giant glaring You know what? Holes. Okay. All right. We're going to bump it up to four snarks, two and a half sparks. Yeah. Okay. That seems fair. So there you have it. There you have it. You, me, and the 23 Christmas trees. <laughs> My Christmas family tree um, starring Amy T. Garden. That's our thoughts. Um, if you want to share your thoughts with us, you can find us on Twitter, on Instagram, and on Facebook. So we are there. And you can also leave us a review on iTunes if you feel so inclined. But otherwise, um, I've been Tara. I've been Austin. Merry Christmas. And happy holidays. Happy holidays.